Hello and welcome to FX Talk, an Ebury podcast where we break down some of the main news headlines in the financial markets and give our take on what these developments might mean for the world of foreign exchange. My name is Matthew Ryan, Senior Market Analyst here at Ebury, and I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast by two of my colleagues, our Chief Risk Officer Enrique Diaz-Alvarez and Market Analyst Roman Zaruk. So this podcast is all about the foreign exchange market. We aim to take a look at some of the main news stories in FX, discuss them, and give our view on what they might mean for currencies going forward. So on today's episode of FX Talk, recorded on Thursday the 20th of August, myself and Raymond will be talking about, firstly, whether we think the recent dramatic sell-off in the US dollar that's seen it fall to multi-year lows has perhaps gone a little bit too far. We'll then shift our discussion and talk about what is driving emerging market currency performance with a particular focus on the outperformance of those currencies in Central and Eastern Europe. So the main news story in the FX market in the last sort of two months or so is, has largely continued uh, so far in August. We've seen the US dollar selling off against just about every other major currency in the world at the moment. The dollar's now at its lowest level in trade-weighted terms since May 2018 and lowest level versus the euro during that time as well. And in fact, we look at sterling against the dollar. Sterling is now at its highest level around its highest level since December's general election. So the dollar's been just about on this, one of its worst runs in recent times, actually. July was its worst month in a decade, and August has started much the same as well. And in fact, the dollar's now, oh, at one stage this week, was over 10% lower um, than March's highs, where investors, of course, were piling into the dollar due to its safe haven status during the peak of the pandemic. Now, the, the rationale for the move lower we've seen in the dollar has been much the same since our last post- podcast episode. Obviously, these prolonged lockdowns that we're seeing in the US versus the rest of the developed world causing investors to fret about a potential slower recovery of the US economy relative to, say, Europe. Uh, we've also seen a lack of fiscal support from the US government, of course, a lack of job retention schemes um, and a delay to the additional uh, unemployment insurance benefits uh, program, which was set to or is, has, has expired at the end of July and as of yet has not been extended in Congress, which has left millions of Americans without a meaningful source of income and US unemployment has remained very high in excess of 10%. But actually today we're going to talk a little bit about whether we think that this sell-off in the US dollar has gone a little bit too far. I think there's three main factors as why we think this could be the case which we're going to focus our discussion on today, which is why a short-term correction may potentially be on the cards. Uh, those being, first of all, we've seen a recent shift um, in US and European virus numbers. Now, for a while, of course, we've been reporting that the US has had high and rising US virus numbers at a time when virus numbers in, the, in Europe have been pretty low and, and declining. But actually, if you look in the last sort of two or three weeks or so, we have seen a little bit of a shift. The US cases are easing somewhat. Look at the seven-day moving averages of cases in the US is now below the 50,000 per day level, whereas it was in excess of 75,000. And actually over in Europe, we look at the big four European uh, countries, Germany, Italy, France, Spain. The new daily cases there are around about the highest level since the third week of April. Um, and Spain in particular, the highest levels um, of virus cases since late March, despite stable levels of testing. The second and third um, reasons why I think a bit of a correction may be on the cars, and obviously Roman will talk about these a little bit more in detail uh, in a little bit. Well, the second is we've seen in stretched investor positioning. So euro net longs are now the highest ever level, whereas US dollar net shorts are the highest level in eight years, which tends to suggest a bit of a correction could be on the cards. 
And lastly, the reason why we've seen a bit of a strength in the US dollar so far this week has been a slightly less dovish uh, tone out of the FOMC meeting minutes, which were released on Wednesday. Well, I'll turn over to you now, Roman. So what do you think about this sell-off in the dollar? Do you think that a correction is on the way, perhaps? Yes. Yeah, so basically, I think that mostly the move higher that we are seeing in the past few weeks has legs, and I don't expect a reversal in this move anytime soon. And uh, what I believe, because what we are seeing is basically a significant divergence on many fronts between the United States uh, and the rest of the world, particularly Europe, especially on the coronavirus front, on the uh, support uh, front, uh, when we look at the measures that have been announced in the past few weeks in the uh, in the EU, uh, they are in stark contrast with what we are seeing in the US, or rather with what we are not seeing. Uh, because uh, when you mentioned the unemployment uh, support, uh, the Trump actually uh, put a bridge to support the unemployed, but the, uh, the level of the support is significantly uh, decreased from uh, the $600 a week. So it will be only $300 or $400. Uh, and this will uh, probably, the, the funds that are allocated to it will only last probably for a, a few weeks. Uh, so uh, we are probably going to see uh, maybe within a month or within two months, uh, we are going to get back to the discussion and the market will once again focus on what the United States will do because uh, not only the unemployed are not receiving the, the same support that they are receiving in many other developed parts of the world, uh, but they are also uh, the, the number of unemployed people uh, is significantly higher and this this increase in uh, unemployment has been really unprecedented in the United States. So not only the situation with the coronavirus and the lockdowns is different, there's also a, a divergence in support. Uh, and this all made investors believe that uh, the situation in Europe, uh, the economic situation going forward uh, will improve more than expected. And uh, on the other hand, the situation in the US uh, will be worse than expected earlier. And uh, going back to the coronavirus now, numbers uh, on both sides of the Atlantic. Uh, yes, we are seeing some shifts there. So the situation in the United States is improving. The situation in Europe is uh, getting worse. Uh, but this uh, pace of, of this change is not really significant, at least if we are looking at the coronavirus numbers in Europe. Uh, and on the other hand, uh, and generally the closing of this gap between uh, those uh, two, uh, two centers of the world uh, will probably take weeks or months and uh, if it will be uh, closed at all. So generally, I think that the, the movements that we are seeing are justified. I would expect a continuous dollar weakness, uh, both uh, well in the next few months and probably also in uh, 2021. Uh, but I, I don't generally think that we are going to see a very sharp movements in the dollar uh, to, to the same scale uh, as we've had, uh, especially as you mentioned that the positioning in the in the euro is, is pretty much stretched right now. Uh, but I, I believe that uh, everything that we saw uh, holds. And uh, if we are going to see some dollar strength, it will only be temporary. And we are just going to, the dollar might just uh, regain a, a small portion of its losses and uh, not to, and, and the euro will probably uh, be king for 2020 and uh, possibly also for 2021, in my view. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think we agree that we're still pretty bearish US dollar longer term. I think it's short term, could be a little bit of a rebound potentially in the next few weeks. You're talking about the um, the, the virus numbers. There's not been a huge shift um, either way. Of course, the numbers in the US are still much higher. 
I think the, the, the real, we've not really seen any sort of big impact in the FX market to these numbers. There's a real meaningful um, impact could come if we see a bigger, bigger shift in these lockdown measures. So if the US starts unwinding its lockdown measures pretty rapidly, if Europe, fearing a second wave, starts reimposing lockdown in, in a number of countries, I think that's when we could start seeing um, this reaction in the FX markets where we see a slightly uh, weaker euro and slightly stronger dollar. Um, and yeah, I think the last point I mentioned, I think the Fed will have a bit, bit of a role to play in this as well. Of course, there was speculation this week that they could announce both yield curve control and, and a re- relaxation of its inflation target where it accepts slightly higher than um, its target inflation over a short term. But, but the minutes this week suggest there's no immediate rush or appetite to do this. I think it was a pretty significant um, news we got out of the Fed last night, which we weren't necessarily expecting. I think this was reflected in this relatively sharp bounce back that we got in the US dollar on Wednesday evening, which could potentially, I think, be a catalyst um, for, for a few more short-term gains. Yes, but it still doesn't change our long-term negative uh, dollar view. Uh, and I, I think that we are uh, likely to see the levels that we have seen uh, in uh, early uh, 2018 when it comes to the uh, euro dollar pair, uh, either uh, the next year or even possibly uh, maybe even this year. Uh, so this is, this is our call. Excellent. So I think we're now moving on to our, our second uh, main topic, which is what we think is driving emerging market currency performance at the moment. And now, as, as I mentioned, the US dollar has underperformed and sold off against just about every other G10 currency in the world in the, in the past two months. But the performance of the dollar versus emerging market currencies has been a little bit more mixed, although for the most part, uh, emerging market currencies have rebounded from their lows. Some had, of course, fallen to multi-year or even record lows versus the US dollar during the height of the market panic in March and April. Well, some have continued to sell off. I'll talk about those um, a bit uh, in, very shortly. The likes of Turkish lira, for instance, Russian ruble, Brazilian real have been particularly poor performers in the last month or two. Uh, but others have rebounded very well. I mean, notably those in Europe. Um, so look at the Czech Krona, Polish Dossi, Hungarian Forum, for instance. Those are three of the best performers versus the dollar in the past two months or so. So again, I'll, I'll turn over to you, Roman. Why are we seeing such a strong performance? in these European currencies versus the dollar? So generally, I think that there are two reasons for that. Uh, one reason is that uh, those are European currencies and uh, generally all of the European currencies have performed uh, pretty well. Uh, well, uh, if we look at the main currencies, the Swedish kroner, the Norwegian kroner, uh, but also the safe haven uh, Swiss franc, they have all outperformed uh, generally uh, the other main currencies uh, and the Swiss franc have outperformed, far outperformed uh, the Japanese yen. So it's direct, uh, you know, the, the, the closest link to it. Uh, and generally, I believe that in, in large part, it has to do with the positive uh, response to the coronavirus or the positive effects of the response to the coronavirus crisis uh, in Europe, both if we look at the EU response as a whole, uh, which supports the European currencies in general, and also if we are seeing uh, the, the responses on the national level, both in fiscal policy, monetary policy, and also the uh, generally the dealing with the coronavirus crisis, uh, not only from the economy 
economic side, but also the, the containing it uh, and the fact that it's uh, the situation is much better than in, especially in the US. Uh, so one uh, leg of this improvement is the, the fact, in my view at least, this is in fact that uh, we we are that the European currencies are rebounding because uh, Europe has done uh, everything good or better than many other uh, many other economies uh, in the world. And on the other hand, uh, another thing is the fact that uh, those currencies, especially the Czech Corona and the Polish Zloty, uh, to some extent also Hungarian foreign, but uh, but a, a bit less, uh, they have a very good economic fundamentals. And I'm not talking here about the uh, high growth potential, but they also have a high growth potential. Their economies uh, are relatively new and the, the, the GDP is, at least in Poland and in, in Hungary, is set to grow at levels at around 3 or, or 4% at a year on uh, year, uh, looking at uh, just, just uh, from year to year. Uh, but what I'm talking about uh, is the balanced current account. So in Poland and Czech Republic, Public, this is uh, basically flat at this moment, and the, uh, there, there are no uh, real uh, forces uh, driving it in a uh, negative way, which puts, which sometimes can put a drag on the uh, other emerging market currencies. And the, the best example here, I think, is the Turkish lira, uh, which the, the current account deficit is usually referred to when we are uh, justifying its uh, sell-offs. Uh, and another uh, factor is that the public finances are in a very good health. The institutional environment is in a very good health. The monetary policy is independent. So everything uh, is working well uh, in those economies. Uh, and generally, investors don't have uh, too many reasons to, to be uh, worried about them. And that's why I believe that they are doing so well. And generally, if we are looking at the price trends in a past couple of years uh, after the financial crisis, uh, at least the Polish Zloty and Czech Kruna, especially the Zloty, uh, they have been the currencies which uh, reversed to the mean uh, against the euro. So we have at, uh, at least uh, the euro's lot level uh, at average for the past few years is around uh, for, uh, for 20 or for, for 30. Uh, and generally, uh, the, the pair usually uh, retraces after a period of an uncertainty, usually retraces to or, or always retrace to these levels uh, looking at the, the past few years. So I think that what we are seeing right now is basically uh, more of the same and the repetition of this process. We are still held off by some risk, so we don't know what will happen with the second wave. But generally, uh, if we are not going to see a significant lockdowns being reimposed uh, or the economic situation uh, deteriorating, I believe that those currencies should be one of the best performers uh, and that the Zloty, Czech Kruna, uh, and also Hungarian foreign uh, have, a, have more to gain uh, in the coming uh, months and quarters. Yeah, no, there's, of course, the flip side of that, talking about the slightly better performers. Well, many EM currencies actually continue to move lower. You look at and probably the three most notable examples of that would be Russian ruble, Brazilian real, Turkish lira, all sold off pretty sharply still, even during this period of broad dollar weakness. I think while we are generally optimistic about EM currency performance this year, the performance will remain, of course, pretty idiosyncratic, as you talked about. Uh, there are a few, a few main factors as to why we think uh, these currencies have, have sold off more than some of their peers. Uh, one thing you talked about, of course, is fiscal support and those countries where those governments have had a lack of, lack of appetite to support those um, economies with fiscal spending could be potentially into a, a bit more weakness. 
also look at those that are unable to control the spread of uh, the virus look at countries such as brazil for instance where we've not seen any meaningful signs of a slowdown in case numbers there and the reals down in excess of five percent the past couple of months and also again touching on your point the flip side of that well those are those those economies of weak fundamentals um could be exposed to further losses as well so whether that be say high external deficits for a country like Brazil, which has very high current account deficit, high external and high and unsustainable uh, external debts. Again, look at countries like Turkey or, or Zambia, for instance, have been two of the worst performers. Um, low levels of reserve as well, which also limits the ability of the central bank to intervene, protect the currency and also um, for, for the country to pay its debts. So I think, I think that those probably are the main factors to look out for and we pretty much think that those countries with those weak fundamentals, unable to contain the virus, lack of support from, from governments, should continue to be some of the, some of the weaker performers uh, among emerging market currencies in the next sort of three to six months or so. And that just about does it from us. If you're keen to hear more about our thoughts on the currency markets, visit Ebury's website or follow us on social media. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favourite podcast app and let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear more on during upcoming podcasts. Keep an eye out for our next episode in a week's time. Thank you all very much for listening.